0: This is a podcast where I talk to people with disabilities to hear their stories. I wouldn't expect anyone to know what life is like for someone who can't walk, can't see, or can't hear, but we have a responsibility to learn and grow throughout our lives, and this podcast is meant to help to see what life is like for someone on the other side. Welcome to Ability. In this episode, I talk to my friend Bill Gregg. So how are you doing today?
1: I am doing well. I am doing well. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing great. Thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, you're absolutely welcome. It's my pleasure.
0: Uh, Tell me about your disability as if I know nothing. Or tell me about yourself. Let's start with that.
1: (laughs) Well, my name is Bill. I am 37. I live in uh, Florida. I live, uh, near Tampa. I have spine bifida. Um, I, it's a neural tube de- defect, and I basically have a hole in my spinal cord, which affects my ability to walk. So I am paralyzed from the waist down.
0: When did you first realize you were different?
1: I first realized I was different when probably, you know, probably when I was a child, you know, four or five. And, you know, I realized that I wouldn't be able to do everything, run and jump and do those things that a normal person can do, you know. And that's when I, I, you know, my life was going to be different, and I would have to figure out ways to do things differently. What was it like for you growing up? You know, growing up, I I was fortunate in the fact that I had many family members around me, and a lot of cousins and aunts and uncles, and my mom, who helps me get past you know, my disability and helps me to focus on the things I can do rather than the things I can't do. And I, I myself have always been the kind of person where I personally prefer to focus on the things that I can do rather than what I can't do.
0: What was it like for you going to grade school?
1: Um, Going to grade school, um, it was a different experience for me, I, a good experience for me. I mean, I did have challenges when I was younger with being put into a mainstream school with kids who were not able were able-bodied and but my mom, to her credit, was very instrumental in being my advocate and fighting for me and making sure that I was treated just the same as everybody else and not looked at as the special kid, so to speak. My mom made sure that I was treated as normally as possible and, you know, made sure I had equal access to the same opportunities as everyone else.
0: What is your relationship like with your parents?
1: I have a very good relationship with my parents. They both tirelessly try to make sure that I am afforded every opportunity to do everything that I want to do and everything that everyone else able-bodied has the opportunity to do. Tell me about your service dog. His name is Abner. He is a five-year-old black lab. I received Abner through an organization called Canine Companions for Independence, which is an organization that breeds service dogs for people in wheelchairs and also people who, you know, may not be able to walk um, without assistance. They provide the the dogs to people, um, disabled people, free of charge. The dogs are born and raised. They're specifically bred for the Purpose of assisting people with physical challenges. Um, they are um, the organization is based out of California. After eight weeks, they are sent to a training center. Well, there's five different training centers in the in the U.S. and ha- one of them happens to be in Orlando. And so they are t- they. The puppies are sent to the training centers where they are trained for that where they are sent where they they are then groomed to be sent to puppy raisers who will raise these dogs for eighteen months, you know and teach them the basic mannerisms that a regular pet would a pet would have. And then after that 18 months, they're sent back to Canine Companions for another six months where Canine Companions teaches them the advanced commands that somebody like you or I would need to be considered a, you know, to be, to be able to uh, be considered a service animal and go out in public. They're taught 50 commands. Those. 50 commands are commands that things like you and I would be ask them to use. Like um, they can open up doors, open up drawers, turn on and off light switches, things of that nature.
0: What are the kinds of things that your dog Abner helps you do?
1: Well, Abner helps me with, uh, it's mostly picking up things that I drop off the floor and he can also like turn on and off light switches he can he does that for me sometimes but mostly it's picking up things off the floor
0: that's fantastic i have like one of those grabbers i bought off amazon <laughs> <laughs> because i drop a lot of stuff too the worst is when you drop your phone anymore because they're so kind of thin they're hard to pick up oh, off yeah. the ground like i have a really oh, hard yeah. time with that that's that's <laughs> yeah. the worst so Well, I used to have, like, a metal plate in my phone case. So it was easy to pick up because I could, like, find a magnet. But then these new iPhones came out with wireless charging, and you can't have a metal plate anymore if you want to do that. So (laughs) (laughs) the price of moving forward, I guess. What adaptations have you made to the world around you? So any other...
1: You know, obviously, um, you know, I have... You know, obviously, I have a ramp so I can, you know, get out of my house and go do the things I need to do. And my parents, we have a lowered floor van so that I can go and do whatever I need to do. And or if I want to do any leisure activities, like go to a theme park or go to a mall so that I have the I have the ability to do that.
0: If you could have any job, if cost or physical ability or education weren't a factor, just pure enjoyment, what would you most like to do?
1: I'd like to be an advocate, I think, for people with disabilities, to show them that things are possible. Just because you're disabled, it's not the end of the world. You can still have a meaningful life and be happy and do all the things that you want to do and to make your life feel, you know, to make your life feel enriched.
0: What do you do for a living? Do you have a job of any type? I do not.
1: The reason for that is not necessarily because I don't want to be a a member of society or integral part of society, it's more so of the fact that because the government makes things so difficult for us to be able to work, I personally do not want to deal with all of the burdens that they place on people like us who feel like we need to choose between working and receiving benefits. Who inspires you,
0: or who do you look up to?
1: Mostly, you know, my family and stuff. My mom particularly, because she's had to, she had me at a young age, and she's had to deal with a lot of um, stigma that, you know, when I was younger, that most mothers I don't think would have had to deal with. And um, she was a single parent, so she had to, you know, deal with raising a handicapped child as a single parent, and she did very, very well. She had to deal with a lot of people telling her no, and fortunately, she didn't listen to the people who, you know, would tell her no, and she made her own way to do everything possible to make sure that I had a normal life i greatly credit her for that as well as other members of my family for making me feel as normal as possible and not placing any limits or restrictions upon me
0: what comforts you or what do you take comfort in
1: i take comfort in the in the fact that i have a you know, a loving family, and I have a wonderful support system around me that basically that helps encourage my independence and encourages the fact that I'm just as, just as capable as everyone else, that I can do everything that I set my mind to, that I do not have any barriers and Basically, that I can do everything I set my mind to.
0: What is your deepest need?
1: I would say my deepest need would be to, to, for people, would be just for people to realize that I'm not special and that I want to be looked at and treated as everyone else. Just because I use a wheelchair doesn't mean that I'm not, you know, capable of having a real adult conversation and, you know, dealing with real issues. And that's that's basically it. I want I just want people just to look past the disability and just see me for the person that I am.
0: What do you consider your biggest accomplishment?
1: Well, my biggest accomplishment would be, uh, you know, getting through getting through college, getting through high school, getting my service dog, being in a loving relationship um, with my girlfriend who also has spina bifida, doing things that I think every person wants to do, and giving p- other people with disabilities the perception that You can do everything you want to do and achieve all the goals you want to achieve without barriers, doing what you want to do if you put your mind to it, and choosing to embrace your disability instead of using it as an excuse.
0: What is the biggest challenge you've had to overcome?
1: The biggest challenge I've had to overcome is, you know, I just think of people's perceptions of people with disabilities in general, that we are somehow not as capable of doing things that um, people who are able-bodied can do. And I just, I think I just like to do my small part in helping to make sure that people understand that we are just as capable of doing what we set out to do as people who people who, uh, who are able-bodied and that we, um, are, we can achieve whatever dreams that we set our mind to and believe that anything is possible. What's your hope for the future? My hope for the future is just that, you know, just to continue to enjoy life and continue having the support of my family and my friends and the people around me.
0: If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say at the pearly gates?
1: You know, I would say that you lived a good life and that you did everything that you were put on earth to do. Awesome.
0: Is there anything else you want to talk about? Because that's the last question I have.
1: Basically, I just want to say, you know, thank you for having me on the show today, and and I really enjoyed myself.
0: Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it.
1: Oh, you're very welcome.
0: You have a good day, Bill. Bye.
1: You too, Jacob. Bye.
0: Thanks to Bill for being on this episode, and thank you for listening. You can find other episodes of Ability at AbilityPodcast.com, you can follow me on Twitter at TheJacob Holt, and you can follow the show on Twitter at AbilityPodcast. If you would like to donate to the organization that gave Bill his service animal, go to CCI.org. It's a great organization, and they would really appreciate the help. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, keep on rolling.